Welcome to this week's In My Mug, where it's time for some Kenyan coffee. From El Salvador, though. It's Los Brumas SL28 from Ernesto Mendez. My name is Steve Layton, and I travel the world finding amazing and delicious coffee for you to drink at home. Some make coffee difficult to understand and complicated, but here, it's my job to make it easy and fun and tell you what's in my mug. So... Uh, Neto, or Juan Jose Ernesto Mendez uh, Aguilera, uh, belongs to a fourth generation of coffee farmers in his family. When his father died in 1995, uh, Neto started to take over the farms and kind of, or the farm, because he had one farm which was fairly low, um, but looking after that while studying um, at university. And when he left university, he had an opportunity to start working at um, a mill. Uh, which is called uh, James Hill, uh, and he was there at 2000, and he was there for five years, um, and then got an opportunity to go and work for another mill called JSL, um, and JSL where he was cupping and really in charge of the whole quality control. Um, during his time in the coffee world, he's participated in lots of Cup of Excellences. Uh, he was on the national jury from 2003 to 2011. Um, he's been in the Q auction. He's a Q grader. Um, for me, a superstar cupper. Um, and um, has been heavily involved in, S in CQI, which is the Coffee Quality Institute. Um, in addition to this, uh, the first farm that Ernesto had, he started to buy other farms, bought Los Brumas, Los Andes, uh, Siberia, uh, and the biggest one was Las Brumas, which is this one, which is uh, located around about 60 minutes away from uh, Santa Ana City has a cultivated coffee area of around about 60 hectares um, and has a range of altitudes from 1,450 metres to 1,700 metres. Um, produces around about 600 bags a year, but that's going up year and year. Um, and has an area of 35 hectares of virgin uh, kind of uh, forest land, um, very high up the mountain, which is like 1,700 to 2,000 metres above sea level. And the farm is located in Sonsenat department, um, near the area of San Blas and Los Brumas has incredibly rich volcanic soil, very deep, very fertile soil, um, which has um, been generated by the Lamatec uh, mountain range, which has the Izalco uh, farm on it, uh, volcano and Santorana. Um, um, as we kind of look at, like, you know, microclimate is really important. And um, I think I really want to focus on that just a little bit more um, now. So this week I thought I'd talk about microclimates. And a microclimate is a local set of atmospheric conditions that differ to those in the surrounding areas. Often with slight differences, but quite often with real substantial ones as well. And um, the term refers to areas that can be as small as a few square meters, um, but can actually be, you know, square kilometers. Um, and because the climate is statistical, uh, which implies like a spatial and temporal variation of the mean values uh, of those parameters, the region can kind of occur and persist over different time sets, um, different conditions, things like that. Um, a microclimate can be found in most places. We even have one in this office because it's freezing. Um, but microclimates exist near uh, bodies uh, of water which may cool the atmosphere or heavy urban areas where brick, concrete and asphalt absorb the sun's energy um, that heats it up and then re-radiates that heat into the ambient air. 
uh, resulting in like uh, an urban heat island. That's also a kind of microclimate. Um, and another contributing factor to microclimates can be slopes or aspects of an area. So, for instance, a south-facing slope in the northern hemisphere and a north-facing slope in the southern hemisphere are exposed to more direct sunlight than opposite slopes. Um, therefore, you'll get warmer, longer periods. Um, the, the soil will take in more of that heat uh, and it will give a warmer, warmer microclimate than the areas on the other side of the slope. Um, for instance, you've also got altitude, so like the lowest uh, area of a glen can be much cooler than the highest area up on a hill uh, because cool air sinks um, and you end up with drying breezes at the bottom uh, so the humidity can linger uh, and precipitate uh, and freeze. How does this relate to Las Brumas? Well, Las Brumas is incredibly misty um, and it's misty most of the time on the farm during the year. Um, that's why Neto decided to name the farm Las Brumas. Uh, this amazing climate is uh, generated from warm air from the Pacific Ocean that you can see from the very top of the, 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 the farm um, and is also within the peaks of a volcano park comprising of Santorana, Cerro Verde and Izacalo. Uh, um, and due to being in between those three volcanoes and the sea breeze coming in uh, from the Pacific, um, you end up with this mist which reduces the amount of daylight that the, the coffee trees receive. Um, and this helps the coffee trees to have a very slow photosynthesis, um, improving the maturation uh, of the cherries um, and in turn improve some of the attributes that are closely related to the maturity um, and the, the way that the coffee tastes, um, the aroma, the sweetness and the acidity of its flavour. Um, and even within the farm, you end up with uh, little pockets of different microclimates. So, for instance, on the forest section of the farm, you end up with a lot more uh, shade and even more uh, slower maturation of the cherries. Super interesting farm and super interesting place. So this week, I thought I'd focus on the tasty notes of this coffee. So really want to look down into the, the, the details of it. So... First of all, it's gonna have like a creamy sweetness and that's gonna be all up front. It's gonna kind of be covering the tongue, like very thick kind of textured coffee, if you like. Um, and then you're gonna get some brown sugar. So brown sugar is something you find of a lot in coffee because you've got that Mallard reaction happening in the bean. You tend to get lots of those sugary notes. Um, and then uh, for the acidity, it's a little bit like a, an orange, like tangerine-esque acidity. Um, has a pithiness to it as well. So um, within the cupping notes for this one, I've put the orange peel um, and very much an orange peel on the finish. So starts with creamy, then brown sugar, then goes into like a tangerine acidity and finishes with an orange peel finish. A delicious coffee. I cannot wait to try it. Okay, so time to taste. Mmm. Oh, you definitely get um, the sweetness coming off this one. So texture-wise, very creamy. Kind of like when we folk, like looked at those notes and, and before, it was like it's got brown sugar, and that tangerine is is pretty immense. It's um, kind of combated by the texture of it. So sometimes when you get acidity and you don't have uh, the creaminess of the texture, it kind of loses it. But this really works well with that acidity and having some body to it and not being too thin. Um, 
very delicious coffee. Very, very easy to drink. Thank you for joining me, as always. And do remember, life is too short for bad